Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union label. That's to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm ever yours, Alan Nathan, the Militip Moderate. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degree-thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show, we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And, of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right, the Alan Nathan Show is entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you, reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week. Again, all thanks to you. And by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right. Please get out of the thought control business. Our topics to jure, as you may have heard, well, Biden's Border Patrol chief, one Raul Ortiz, contradicts the administration in testimony to Congress. How? by saying that we, quote, do not have operational control over the border, unquote. Now, this exposes that DHS Secretary Mayorkas has lied repeatedly under oath, claiming the opposite. So what follows? Also, House Oversight Committee releases bank records of the Biden family raking in more than a million bucks, I think it's like $1.2 million, from this Chinese government energy company after those funds pass through the account of a family associate. So is Biden's conflict of interest endangering our national security? Also, Joe Rogan unabashedly uses our First Amendment rights against censorship by correctly pointing out how woke, tyrannical government actors are provably violating them. Kind of makes you wonder, what should citizens physically do if aggregate government frees itself from the very laws to which it might otherwise adhere, or I really should say must otherwise adhere? There's no option here. All right, the people's constitution is the written directive to the government it created, not the other way around. And not one of these damn branches has the right to thwart the mandates of the very document from which their powers are derived and to which they're each subordinate. When they do that crap, that's called tyranny. And this country has a long and storied history of knowing exactly what to do with tyrants. I think Joe Rogan has tapped into something here. We're going to hear a little bit of that. But first, let me introduce old friend of the show, Curtis Hauk. Managing Editor of Newsbusters, he previously served in the Media Research Center, a news analysis division in which he was the sole evening news uh, analyst. Uh, Curtis, good to have you back, buddy. How are you today? Hey, good to be with you, Alan. Also, you're with uh, Newsmax a lot these days, aren't you? Yes, I am. I am on Newsmax, uh, a little bit of Fox News at night as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. We have a standing hit with Tim Graham at right about 1030, 1025, give or take, every Friday. Good for you. The operation's moving well. Listen, I want to share with you some of the uh, uh, comments by our colleague, Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> he recognizes with reverence, and rightly so, that our country has these checks and bounces to protect our free speech rights, but he's also quick to point out how one of the reasons they're there is to safeguard against the crap to which we're all being subjected by uh, woke activists in government as we speak. Clip five, James, if you please. It's not perfect. But the way this country is run is so superior to any system that is anywhere else in the world because of the checks and balances that were put in place by the founding fathers. 
They knew that tyranny is a natural course of progression for human nature. It's just what people do when they get in control. They become dictators, and they put all these checks and balances in the House and the Senate, and, the, and they did it all with the Electoral College to make sure that this term limits, make sure that you can't do that. Make sure you can't do what Putin's doing. Make sure you can't do what Kim Jong-un's doing. Because when you get into a position like that, just look at what they try to do. Look at what people try to do to stop criticism on Twitter. That yeah, they can send the FBI to Twitter to try to re remove people from Twitter because they're saying things that interferes with the way they govern. Yeah. Like all that is natural, and the founding fathers of this country were the only people that put together a system to mitigate that. But it's not being completely mitigated, is it, sir? Curtis Howe. Yeah, I mean, I think his point, I mean, the whole discussion of the First Amendment is always worth coming back to because it's a reminder of a couple of things that the media get wrong. One, the fact is that the First Amendment applies to all of us. It's not just like some select group of people, like journalists so often pretend or, you know, really get high on their own smells that like, <laughs> you know, we are specifically mentioned in the First Amendment. We are so important. You know, a lot of putting hands on the chest like, oh, me, I'm very important. Uh, and then the second point is, the First Amendment also isn't like saying you have these rights explicitly. It is Congress cannot infringe upon these rights. Yeah, the fact that we have these no rights law. is the def yeah. The fact that we have these rights is the default uh, status. We're just clarifying Correct. the fact that government can't take away that which is otherwise an inherent right already. And that's the problem that we're running into in this day and age. You have, you know. Uh, local governments, you know, school boards in particular, trying to police certain things, and then more, you know, you know, on a more sinister level, what you have is corporations, intelligence agencies, or governments and intelligence agencies really kind of putting the pressure, the thumb on the scale of big corporations to carry out their aims. Yeah, and that's Congress, what I think NSA, people have to know. Yeah. It's not just a question that government can't impose. Look, the First Amendment is the, you know, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech. Then it says, or of the press. So it's, you know, the press have it wrong. And I'm a former national television correspondent. I know of that which I speak. They have it wrong. I mean, we're mentioned before the press. Isn't that fair to remind everybody about? Yeah, I mean, it's the people and religion, you know, the thing that they really don't like nowadays uh, is mentioned in there as well. Um, and, and so the problem that you have now is, like, the NSA knows that they're not going to be able to convince Congress to pass laws, a specific law curtailing speech, the, this uh, speech that they don't find, you know, uh, appetizing, I guess, or... But even if they causes. did, it wouldn't matter, would it? Because any time constitutional Correct. law conflicts with legislative law, constitutional law trumps legislative law each and every time. A piece of legislation right. is only as binding as it is constitutionally compliant. Where am I wrong? No, you're correct. And, the pro and so knowing that as well, they then have these corporate big corporations kind of restrict speech. And that's kind of where you run into the issues that Joe Rogan um, – you know, the New York Post has had over the years, you know, everything we've learned with the Twitter files. That's really where you kind of run into problems um, with speech being curtailed. And it's not necessarily the government doing it, but as we're learning with the Twitter files, the government's coming in saying, you know, these things, these these counts, they're problematic. People saying these things, it's rather problematic. But that is government censoring. If once government lobbies for censorship, it's in the in the business of abridging the freedom of speech. Look, it can lobby all it wants for its own messaging. What it can't do is lobby for the censorship of counter uh, uh, messaging. I mean, look, you've got this consortium that was put together, used by the Depart Department of Homeland Security as well as the State Department. They're tag-teaming with the Election Integrity Partnership. Uh, these bozos have four organizations under them, Stanford Internet Observatory, the University of Washington Center for an Informed Public. That's patronizingly labeled. Then you got the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab. And then you got Grapika, which is this uh, social media analytics firm. And you got this concierge service set up, which, which basically allows federal agencies like DHS and their uh, CISA component, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, uh, to go ahead and file tickets 
requesting online stories uh, be removed that are not to the liking of those government activists. Once government gets in the business of even trying to censor you, they've already violated the First Amendment. They don't have to successfully do it just by even trying to do it. It's not like, I mean, by that measure, uh, a, a guy trying to kill his wife could get off uh, just because the assassin he hired proved to be a bad shot. <laughs> Where am I mistaken? <laughs> No, I think, and that's totally true, and that's why, you know, on ABC, CBS, NBC, evening, morning, and Sunday shows, we've only gotten two minutes and eight seconds on the Twitter files, because they don't want to talk about this, because they don't have a problem with this uh, express lane setup that these intelligence agencies and government, you know, NGOs have. Well, you know, they're they're, they're being scrutinized more and more, but uh, I'm really hopeful that this lawsuit put forward by Missouri and Louisiana that's making its way against big tech uh, being used as a proxy for government censorship really spanks some crotches fast. New research released to mark the International Day of Math reveals that math is the subject most American adults say they're afraid of, but is also the subject they most want their children to be good at. So to help them support their children in building confidence with numbers, a new, fun and engaging computer game called Teach Your Monster Number Skills has hit the market. Junaid Mabeen is a math expert from Number Skills, and he says building your child's confidence from an early age is vital. Getting kids confident with numbers from a very young age is so important to their long-term success in mathematics. And the reason I use Teach Your Monster Number Skills with my own children is that it teaches them about numbers, about how creative and, and playful numbers can be. It's very fun and also educationally very powerful. You can download this great game today. Just search for Teach Your Monster Number Skills online. It's available on all desktop and mobile devices. Trust me, you won't regret it. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon-St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM SkillsBuild continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to skill 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the Militant Moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. You don't want to detour a little bit here, get into some, um, you know, climate change news. Uh, something refreshing happened here. European, I'm looking at the headline from Fox News. European farmers fed up with climate policy shock political establishment. Uh, farmers Party opposes Netherlands government's plan to buy farms, limit livestock. It's by uh, Peter uh, Aitken, A-A, I'm sorry, A-I-T-K-E-N, uh, Peter Aitken of Fox News. Let's share a couple of excerpts with you. Uh, a young Dutch political party seeking to push back on the government's climate agenda achieved a stunning victory Wednesday as it won the most seats for a single party in the Dutch Senate. Quote, this isn't normal, but actually it is. It's all normal citizens who voted, party leader Caroline van der Plaats said. Quote, but today people have shown they can't stay at home any longer. We won't be ignored anymore. Um, goes on to write, uh, the Farmer Citizen Movement Party, known as BBB in Dutch, uh, built its victory on the back of protests against the government's environmental policies, which aim to slash nitrogen emissions by dramatically cutting back on livestock numbers and buying out thousands of farms. Nitrate and ammonia pollution significantly impacts biodiversity, particularly air and water quality. The party appears on course to take 15 of the 75 Senate seats, more seats than Prime Minister Mark Rutte's conservative VVD party, with almost 20% of the vote, according to the BBC. Uh, Root built, built his victory on the back of a four-party coalition, which will now control 24 seats overall. Basically, um, they're saying that it's now time to take citizens seriously. I'm open to talks with everybody. We are ready. Uh, but anyway, they also point out around 57.5% of voters turned out for the election, marking the greatest turnout in years. Voters argue that the government's approach does not support the farmers and the government's plan is not good for them as it stands. Basically, folks are getting too crazy with climate change policies. They're fed up with it. And there is a lot more pushback developing throughout the country when you think about it. Because people are able to see through hide-behind arguments more effectively. You know, I think an issue is our need to separate the legitimate environmentalists from the illegitimate ones. Now, the legitimate ones are cool. I mean, they just caution us not to blindly side with economic growth, at the cost of harming our planet's future, our treasure. Uh, they just want us to find a balance. But the illegitimate ones, we know who these folks are. These are folks who camouflage a socialist agenda behind the cause of environmentalism, and they do it to reduce individual prosperity because that weakens the resistance to socialism. I mean, let's face it. The more socialists are confronted by, let's say, a financially self-reliant population, well, then all of a sudden the less attractive becomes their proposal for citizens to surrender independence in exchange for any state's authoritarian protection. I mean, the sleight-of-hand politics have really taken hold of the entire global warming climate change debate. I'll give an example. NOAA, the uh, National Oceanic uh, Atmospheric Administration, has both what's known as Climate Reference Network, CRN, which is actually considered by NOAA to have its most accurate measures because all of their 114 stations are, for, are, are far, far away from any industrial sources. Uh, this is to avoid giving false reads. So they get 114 stations far away from any industrial sources to avoid those false reads. Um, but then it has the Global Historical Climatology Network, also known as GHCN. Now, this has a whole lot more stations around the world, but these are ones often requiring readjustment to allow for the already man-made skewing of results to be skewed that much more. You see, see, in the name of making sure they dial back the measure of the extra heat emitted by those commercial sites, this is for the GHCN network, they actually have an excuse to so underestimate the correction needed 
that they can erase whatever actual cooling might have taken place. Now, I want to emphasize this again. Okay, you've got the Global Historical Climatology Network, and they've got a lot more stations around the world, but these stations are ones that often require readjustment to allow for the already man-made skewing of results to be skewed that much more. They know in advance, hey, we've got to go in there and adjust for the fact that we're next to a lot of industrial areas. So we understand that this would increase heat. So we have to go in there and make sure that we, we dial it back to compensate for what is otherwise falsely driving up temperature readings. But it's that excuse that lets them get away with erasing whatever kind of cooling may have happened. Because they get in there and they so underestimate the correction needed that they really can, can, can erase whatever actual cooling truly might have prevailed. However, the uh, other version of measuring, the Climate Reference Network, they only have 114 stations. I think they're all stateside, maybe some in Canada. They only have the 114 stations, but these guys, have these stations are already far away from any industrial sources. So there's no false read given, which means there's no excuse to get in there and tinker with the readings. And the reason why this matters, the reason why this suspicion matters, is that the Climate Reference Network has shown a cooling trend for the last 14 years, while the Global Historic Climatology Network has shown a warming one. Isn't that funny? This is odd. And it cannot be uh, used to bamboozle folks anymore. So what do we do about that NOAA-based disparity? And is that disparity used to manufacture grounds to generate climate alarmism? You see, when measuring global warming or climate change, CRN is giving us a more accurate read than GHCN. Even though it's got fewer stations... Absolutely all of them are kept away from industrial sites. So, number one, there's no chance of false reads because of heat generated, not from Mother Earth, but rather from industry. But, B, it also means there's no excuse to go in there and overcompensate for those heat sources. GHCN has that excuse. Well, you know, we want to be honest. We know we're near industrial sites, so we're going to go ahead and get in there and, and, uh, and, and dial it back. <laughs> you don't have that excuse for CRN. CRN's far away from those industrial sites, therefore it doesn't offer the excuse to go in there and tinker. But it's all for the purpose of justifying socialism. All it's for. And again, the legitimate environmentalists, all they want to do is not have us squander our planet's treasure. They want us to find a bounce. But a bounce is not what the illegitimate environmentalist is looking for. They want to camouflage a socialist agenda behind the cause of environmentalism in order to reduce individual prosperity. Because that weakens the resistance to socialism. Again, the more socialists are confronted by a financially self-reliant population the less attractive becomes their proposal for citizens to surrender independence in exchange for any state's authoritarian protection, any state's whatsoever. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. 
I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is in the air, and now's the time to spring forward with a delicious breakfast from Burger King, an all-natural Simply Orange juice. Begin your day with a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant sandwich with sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant, or a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit on a warm buttermilk biscuit. And make it a meal. All Burger King breakfast sandwiches go great with crispy hash browns and pair perfectly with a Simply Orange juice with no added sugar. Never sweetened, never concentrated, and never frozen simply orange goes perfectly with breakfast at burger king and is rich in vitamin c and now through march 31st on the bk app royal perks members get a free single croissant which with any simply orange juice purchase use code breakfast to redeem get a jump on spring with breakfast at burger king because you rule at participating u.s burger king restaurants royal perks account required restrictions apply see offer terms for details not valid on delivery orders sponsored by coca-cola you know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis. For those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach, absolutely delighted you could be with us. Well, covering a number of issues here today, of course, uh, we know that the House Oversight Committee has released bank records of the Biden family raking in more than a million dollars from a Chinese government energy company after those funds passed through the account of a family associate. So is Biden's conflict of interest endangering our national security? Fair enough question. Also, Joe Rogan unabashedly uses our First Amendment rights against censorship by pointing out how woke, tyrannical government actors are provably violating them. 
Uh, what should citizens physically do if aggregate government frees itself from the very laws to which it must otherwise adhere? But before going to that, I do want to venture into Biden's Border Patrol chief, Raul Ortiz, uh, because he contradicts the administration in testimony to Congress by saying that we, quote, do not have operational control over the border. And this really does expose that DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas lied repeatedly when he was under oath claiming the opposite. So what follows? We have assisting in the opining and analyzing old friend of the show, Tom Schatz, president of Citizens Against Government Waste. His editorials on fiscal policies have appeared in publications nationwide. We're talking the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. He's also testified on plenty of occasions concerning government waste issues before congressional committees as well as regulatory bodies. Tom Schatz, always a blast. How are you today? I'm doing great, Alan. Thanks. Good to have you. Good to have you. Listen, I want to go ahead and touch in a bit on this. Um, I want to go ahead and share a few clips to give some general uh, background on the whole um, immigration um, palabra that we're, we're encountering these days. Uh, I'm going to go back uh, to last month, have a listen to CNN's Who's Talking to Chris Wallace. And he asks Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas what it means for the border to be secured. And listen to his functional illiteracy in full bloom. Clip two, James, if you please. What does secure mean to you? It certainly doesn't mean that people aren't able to get across the border illegally. Of, of course not. That is, that, by that measure, the border has never been secure, right? Um, since the Department of Homeland Security was created, individuals have evaded. So, so by what measure is it secure now, sir? So there, there is not a common definition uh, of that. If one looks at the statutory definition, the literal interpretation of the statutory language. If one person successfully evades law enforcement uh, at the border, uh, then we have breached the security of All the right, border. All right, stop it right there. So stop we, it right there. By this guy's measure, then there's no difference between a border that's less insecure than one that's more insecure. Where am I missing here, sir? <laughs> Well, it depends on what your definition of secure and operational control would be, to paraphrase Bill Clinton. Uh, so, yeah, it, clearly it is not uh, secure and there is not um, control. Control implies that the United States is making the decision about who does and does not come across the border and at what time. And that's certainly not happening. No, no, it's not. But but also by his measure, he's saying, well, if one person gets through, that means the border is secure. Well, that gives him an, an excuse to say there's no difference between uh, a border that's not secure and another border that's grotesquely not secure. It's as if there's no degrees in him. I mean, oh, right. because one got passed in the previous administration, they can't claim that they've had any more of a secure border than we can claim now. I, I mean, and of course, Mark Green was talking to Biden's Border Patrol chief, Raul Ortiz, asking if we even have operational control. Clip three, James, if you please. Does DHS have operational control of our entire border? No, sir. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> he didn't know what to do. I think he was ready to have to follow up. But now I'm going to go back to Congressman Green one more time, Republican out of Tennessee. And he's going to play a clip for the rest of us uh, from an earlier uh, testimony given by Mayorkas, Homeland Security Secretary, asked if we have operational control of the border, to which he then at the time said we do. And then he's going to end the clip and ask the same question of Biden's uh, border chief, Raul Ortiz. Clip four, James, if you please. Will you testify under oath right now? Do we have operational control, yes or no? Yes, we do. And we have operational control of the borders. Yes, we do. And Chief Ortiz, do you think that uh, Secretary Mayorkas is lying there? Sir, when you talk about operational control, about 10 years ago, we used operational control as a measuring stick of our effectiveness along the southwest border. Uh, my new strategy is geared towards um, uh, mission advantage. So, you, you know, I, I, I'm asking a very specific question, yes, and I, I, you're, you're kind of describing how, how, how the goalpost has been moved because of the mass waves of people that are coming. My question, you heard the secretary. He said we have operational control. That's the definition based of operational control. Based upon the control. definition you have, sir, up there, no. We don't have operational control. No, sir. But is Secretary Mayorkas lying? I, I, don't, I didn't see I, the rest of the testimony there, sir. He so was at, I, you, you saw, he was asked if we had operational control, and he said yes. Uh, it's either ignorance, which is unacceptable, or it's lying. Oh, no, he's not lying. He's merely knowingly communicating a falsehood. Isn't that fair to say, Tom Schatz? <laughs> 
<laughs> I think most of us would call that prevaricating. Yes. Uh, so yes, yeah, use a the waltzing of veracity. Yes, yes, the big yes, the lack of veracity. Exactly. Uh, well, so, despite I, assurances I, I, from DHS Secretary Mayorkas <laughs> testifying that we have operational control of the border, and having earlier testified that actually the border is is in fact secure, he said that too. Uh, we got this Border Patrol chief saying just the opposite. Tom Schatz, why the disconnect? Is it because perhaps of the five million, six million illegal crossovers taking place since Biden took over, Tom? Well, he can't say that they don't have control because that would imply that they have not achieved their objective. They're not doing their job. It would lead to them, you know, saying you should be, you know, you you should lose your job because he is not doing what he's supposed to be doing. So he's not going to talk himself out of his job. He's going to figure out a way to, as, you know, uh, Congressman Green said, you know, kind of move the goalposts and say, yeah, well, now because of this, it's, you know, different it's just changed, not necessarily because of our policies. I'm sure they blame it on President Trump, like everything else that they say has gone wrong since Joe Biden took office. Uh, and so I think that that's just, look, it's politics. These are politicians. It's uh, inside the belly here in Washington. The truth is certainly hard to find and even more difficult to express, especially for something like that. Because but, even, but at least Ortiz acknowledged, wrong. but at least Ortiz acknowledged that we don't have operational control, and that's antithetical to what his boss said only last month. So they can't use, you know, the the, the, the change of command uh, as an out right now. This guy, Ortiz, straightforwardly did say that we do not have operational control, despite the fact that his boss the previous month said that we did. So I think in that we see uh, a fissure in the hierarchy, do we not? Of course, because the, the Border Patrol is there physically every day. Uh, they all report to uh, Mr. Ortiz. They tell him what's going on. They can see it with their own eyes. Uh, Joe Biden has never been there, uh, at least not for more than two minutes, I think. Uh, uh, Vice President Harris, who's supposed to be in charge of all this, has no idea what's going on and can't do anything about it anyway. So this is what they do is they go up there and they say, look, they had a hearing. The committee had a hearing. No Democrats showed up. What does that tell you? It tells you they think everything's fine, and the Republicans are just making this all up. No, it tells us that they're scared, they're scared blankless because they know they look like idiots. I mean, it's like when they try to try to blame the current-day inflation on Trump, even though when Trump left, it, inflation was like 1.8%, and now it's anywhere between 65 and 8.3. It's been fluctuating between the two. So, I mean, at, at one point or another, even Helen Keller can see more than these guys have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, please. I mean, now Ortiz, uh, he also testified that Biden's decision to stop the wall construction had actually harmed security. So there's another uh, break from the administration. He also pointed out that other Biden policies were preempting agents from performing their duties. I mean, I mean, it's a it's a head scratcher, is it not? And he also defended the agents who were falsely accused by the Biden administration for having whipped. Haitian migrants on horseback back in 2021. You know, Mayorkas was informed that the opposite was true by the photojournalist who had taken the pictures, but he still held a press conference saying, oh, they, they're, they're still, you know, did horrible things. Now, I mean, just to catch folks up on this a bit, Biden and the left are suffering an explosive humiliation following their now proven groundless accusations against CBP agents for supposedly whipping Haitian refugees while on horsebacks. Again, turns out that the very same photojournalist, Paul Rachi, who took the shot, sparking the outrage, he's the one most adamant in saying that his photographs have been wrongly characterized. He said these people never whipped anybody. I mean, and Mayorkas did later on have to admit that these agents performed correctly, but only after he first gave a press conference knowingly communicating falses. He knew at the time of that press conference that those agents hadn't done anything wrong, but he still went out there and shamed them nonetheless, knowing that a few weeks afterwards he was going to have to take it all back. That's really, that's beyond reprehensible. Is it not, Tom Schatz? Well, this is a, an administration that doesn't back up the people that work for it, that are achieving things, especially in law enforcement. Climate change is more important than anything. They don't really care about these other things, like, you know, keeping people out of the country. Yeah, and the climate change is just a ruse to put uh, push socialism. We know that. Um, and, and they've been pulling that crap for quite a while. I mean, all they want to do is 
just reduce individual prosperity because by doing that, they can, you know, weaken the resistance to socialism. Again, let's face it, the more socialists are confronted by a financially self-reliant population, the less attractive becomes their state giveaway. Stick to us. The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation. To learn how JumpCloud can help your business, visit JumpCloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you wanna support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year, remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. 
PDA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Delighted you could be with us covering a number of issues here. Um, but I want to get into this with the Biden family receiving like a million bucks in payments. Uh, looking at a Fox News piece on this by uh, Brooke Sigman. Um, share some of the excerpts with you, paraphrase a few. Uh, apparently, the House Oversight Committee... Um, have these financial records and they reveal that members of the Biden family received more than a million dollars in payments from accounts related to Hunter Biden's business associate Rob Walker and their Chinese business ventures in 2017. Uh, Walker worked with Hunter Biden, President Biden's brother Jim, their business associate James Gillier and Tony Bobolinsky in a joint venture called Sinohawk Holdings which was meant to be a partnership with Chinese energy firm CEFC. Uh, committee Chairman James Comer, Republican out of Kentucky, we've had him on our show. He obtained the records after subpoenaing uh, Bank of America, which revealed that at least three family members received lucrative payments from a bank account belonging to Walker. Hallie Biden, the widow of, Pride, of uh, President Biden's son, Bo, is one of the recipients. Assisting in the opining and analyzing, uh, old friend of the show, none other than Tom Schatz, president of Citizens Against Government Waste. Once again, his editorials on fiscal policies have appeared in publications nationwide. We're talking the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and of course he's testified on plenty of occasions concerning government waste issues before both congressional committees and regulatory bodies. Tom Schatz, uh, there's not just smoke here, there's some fire, is there not? Uh, but they need to find out what they were doing in exchange for the money. Um, when people do get money from other countries, of course, it's different when you're the son of the vice president or now president, clearly. Uh, but they have, they're starting to get more information, and I think that's going to be uh, really determinative of what happens or what they might be able to do. And the Justice Department is still, of course, investigating Hunter Biden, yet they have not made a decision one way or another what they are going to do about it. So there's a lot of investigations and not any results, I think, any you know, final results. So uh, they're going to have to keep digging. And they got a lot more information than they had a few months ago because they didn't have any because they weren't in charge. Um, it seems to me, though, that they cannot find, and Comer's admitted it over and over again, they've been looking to find what business activities – could have justified these exchanges. That's that is the controversy. Uh, that that is the the scandal. That these funds have been dropped off to the Biden family from uh, communist connected Chinese firms that can't be tethered to any kind of enterprise to explain the funds received. It's not like goods and services were provided for these funds. It seems as if, except for the selling of access. No other product was sold. (laughs) If they can't find anything, that absence will be evidence, will it not? Uh, In a sense, yes. Um, A little like circumstantial evidence in a criminal case. (laughs) Uh, But it would be helpful if there was something more explicit about what the intent was for Hunter Biden and his colleagues and family to to be doing in exchange for that money. Let me just... Sure, well, let me point out just quickly, Alan. Go ahead. A lot of people in Washington get paid to just sit around and do nothing because they're in Washington, D.C., not that the Sparrows are lobbyists. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, it is, it's not that unusual for somebody to give somebody money to kind of keep them on the payroll or to just say, hey, I might need you someday. That happens a lot. Uh, again, this is a little bit of a different circumstance. And I think everybody wants to see exactly what was uh, intended, whether it was current or future, in exchange for that money. But if you're not able to show some kind of enterprise that that substantiates a, a triggering for said funds, <clears throat> excuse me, then 
um, that absence in and of itself would prove to be quite damning. I mean, I know what you say about how people are sometimes kept on retainer, but mm-hmm. they're not kept on retainer by communist-linked, uh, communist-linked companies um, because it does appear that the only product being sold here was access. Right, but again, in Washington, D.C., and I'm not justifying or defending what happened, I'm just saying when when I, because I've been here a long time, there's a lot of this that goes on. You know, people get outrageous consulting fees uh, to just literally pick up the phone and call a member of Congress when somebody else could have done it themselves, because it happens all the time. No, I, uh, I get that, but so, this is right? now with so, communist-connected so companies, though. This is communist-connected companies, though. If you're talking about lobbying firms, that's fine. And also... You mentioned right. that the evidence is, let's face it, only circumstantial. We have to remember that the vast majority of successful guilty verdicts realized are based on cases that have only circumstantial evidence. Just be, you know, people hear the term "it's only circumstantial." Circumstantial oh, no, is legitimate evidence yeah. in trials. Right. Exactly. That's yeah, we have that. to remember right. that everybody yeah. within the ears reach. Please understand: circumstantial evidence is perfectly permissible, perfectly relevant. Uh, and uh, incorporated in adjudications every day, 24-7-365. Isn't that fair to say, Tom Schatz? Well, absolutely it is, but but it has to be – there still has to be a crime at the end of it or something illicit at the end of it. Uh, And that's, I think, again, what they're still trying to figure out. But the committee deserves credit for getting what they've gotten. As I said, it's now March. They were literally setting up shop in January. They didn't even have all their staff until about a month ago. So this is really just the beginning, um, and I don't think people can be over-anxious. They have to really look through all of this, you know, thousands of documents and bank records and try to determine what happened, and now they're getting people in that are willing to talk to them. So you kind of have to ignore It's like watching the stock market. You can't make a decision based on what happened yesterday or today. You have to give this a little more time for them to try to get everything that they need and then but listen to what out. their initial listen listen to what their initial response is oh it was only involving hunter and these family members and nobody else translation not joe mm-hmm. biden but if your family is receiving money from a government because just because they slap on the, the name of a company uh doesn't mean that just because it's by proxy that it's still not uh originating with that communist country that is an enemy of ours uh, to a very large extent. I mean, I know we do business with them, but if you have a communist-connected company dropping a million-plus off to the family of the President of the United States, that means something, <laughs> you know, because that shows conflict of interest in a more than uh, circumstantial fashion, does it not, Tom Schatz? Oh, that sure it does, uh, and I'm sure everyone's looking forward to finding out what they what they are able to get out of all of this. Because I think people need to know what happened, and there should be some consequences if there's something wrong. Indeed. Anyway, always great having you on board. Tom Shouts, everybody, again, president of Citizens Against Government Waste. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Thanks again, everybody. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.